it's God first, other second, yourself third. The unique and cool thing about it is if you have that perspective, it comes back around to benefit you. Presents the pursuit. Go inside the locker room as Iwu Hoops trades the pursuit of me for the pursuit of three. Welcome to episode 5.11 of the pursuit. I'm Jeff Clark, one of the basketball coaches at Indiana Wesleyan. In today's episode, we'll continue the conversation about the connection between our prayer lives, the living word, and what we do, in our case, basketball. In the first half, you'll hear about a prayer meeting the team had and how it connected with a specific point in the basketball season from a group of coaches. In the second half, Michael Thompson and Luke Stevens will come on and talk about their experiences in that prayer meeting and what it meant to them in that moment. I'm joined now by Coach Clark and Coach Welty. Coach Clark, I want to go back to a conversation you and I had in your office, middle of the season, leading up to one of your scouts. What led to that conversation, and what do you remember about it? Yeah, well, what I remember... uh, we were on a massive winning streak and everything was going so well. And it was my scout. Um, and, I, and I know one of the things we believe about discipleship, that it's um, not just about the dissemination of information, but the transfer of spiritual power and authority. So what is happening in our hearts uh, spiritually in some ways affects our guys. And I had just over the previous week developed some real animosity and resentment towards opponents Um and I wasn't coming from a, a place of a pure heart. And I knew in several days I was going to be going up and, and leading the guys in the scout. And God just really convicted me in prayer time. I had to deal with this or it would negatively impact our team. So I remember um, just calling you in and say, hey, you got a minute. I want to talk with you about the upcoming scout, but then also just share with you some of what's on my heart. And that's kind of what, what led to that conversation. Coach, as you mentioned, we're on a roll. We've won each of the last four games by a margin of victory of, of almost 30 points. And so often in life, when things are going well, when you're having success, it's it's easy to let your guard down, and it's hard to welcome failure or trials with the right outlook and perspective. During this time, Psalms 51 was a passage that you had gone to. Tell us a little bit more about how that resonated so deeply with you. Yeah, well, we've heard in past episodes about how uh, Shea Robbins had challenged us about King David. Uh, so I'd been reading about King David and had landed in Psalms 51. And this is a Psalm where he's repenting of the sin he committed with Bathsheba when he committed adultery and then murder. Um, So it just drove me deeper into the word. And I went back and looked and I noticed that uh, when David fell into this sin, he was on a massive win streak. You look at the previous four or five chapters and it's huge victories and God's favor and all these great things are happening. So what led to this fall? And I noticed in my own heart, my own life, you know, we were on this win streak and things were going well. But I had this unchecked heart, part of my heart, uh, and I, I know that sin thrives in secrecy, so I had to expose it. Um, and what I remember so clearly about that time is you listen graciously, and so often, you know, I don't want to share my sin because I think I'll be judged. And, and you just listen really well, and you said, man, if you're struggling with that, what do you think our guys might have that's hidden right now? And that's really what sparked us to say, well, let's go forward and see how can we take this to the team. And to your credit, it, it can be a really challenging thing just to be vulnerable with our guys. And I think over time we found the more we're willing to be vulnerable, that gives them the opportunity to, to open up uh, and share what's going on in their lives. Um, and that kind of led to this idea, and we've done it in the past, but um, going and doing prayer stations with our guys as a part of our scout. And so we had a coach in the locker room, coach in the gym, coach in the weight room, 
um, coaches were just spread out and our guys kind of circled through uh, and we just had some opportunity to go a little bit deeper um, with our players there. Uh, Coach Hud, for you, I know you're a part of this and uh, share a little bit about your experience with our guys uh, during that time and what it meant to you. Yeah, so like what we've been talking about, just this whole idea of vulnerability um, and how it builds trust and um, takes you deeper with not only your, the, the coaching staff but with the team. And, man, there's guys that were opening up about struggles I had no clue about during the, this prayer time. And it was really cool to just be able to dive deeper with them in that in prayer and, and be able to, to see what God could do through their struggles. So, Coach Clark, uh, back to you. Just your experience that time during during the prayer stations, what stood out about that day? Yeah, so we, we took them through guided prayer uh, from Psalm 51, and they had space with worship, and there was some guided questions to reflect on. And we said, you don't have to uh, share anything with us, but ask these questions of yourself. What parts of your heart might be unchecked right now? And uh, just what would God have you do as the next thing with those? And, and I remember a couple guys that came forward, some of them, um, one in particular, I'm remembering how he was comparing himself to a teammate, um, and another just about how uh, grumbling and complaining was was something that he was starting to do a little bit because of playing time. And um, these were things that they willingly said to me. And again, just like I was fearful a little bit that you might judge me and think less of me when I shared with you, um, and you had the opposite impact. For me, it was the same thing. When these guys shared this with me, it wasn't a, a, a judgmental thing. It led me to a heart of compassion for them, which is so often the case when people are willing to be real and honest. Absolutely right. And, and that really is the case. When, when we get the opportunity to grow, it really often comes out of sharing those things with other people. And uh, I think that's the lie that Satan wants us to believe is when we hide these things or we don't become vulnerable, we try to do it on our own, we can overcome them. And I think we found time and time again in our own lives, that's, that's just not the case. And coming out of that prayer time, there were some good conversations that were had, and it's always special to go deeper and pray with your players. But this time around, I think collectively, as our, our staff came together, there wasn't a collective sense as this is exactly what's going to happen next. In years past, there had been some tears and some just trajectory-changing moments, I think, that happened during during prayer time. And this one, we didn't we didn't have that, that same sense. But I think the, the special thing about that is we're not always doing something just for God to give us that immediate response. The truth of the matter is he was at work, and we're going to hear in the second half just some of the things that, that God was doing in, in the hearts of a couple of the players, Michael Thompson in particular. And those are the things that aren't always seen, but God is still at work whether, whether we're aware of it or not. Uh, but transitioning to the game itself, we were, again, riding this win streak, average margin of victory, close to 30 points. Uh, and the pregame locker room that, that day was maybe as electric as anything <laughs> I've been a part of. Um, Coach Clark, what do you remember about, about that time? I just remember um, the energy that was in that room. And, and there's just something about being on a team when, when you're willing to go to those places and then you get to go compete with each other. Not every locker room, not every game, you have these special moments uh, where there's this almost supernatural energy. But that was one of those times where we walked out of that locker room and we thought we could go take on <laughs> the Golden State Warriors uh, as we walked out because of how juiced we were. And it, it translated to the first few minutes of that game as well. <laughs> we we came out and we just were on fire. And I remember, you're, I know you're not supposed to admit this as a coach, but I'm sitting on the bench thinking, this game's over. Like, we don't even have to worry. We're about to blow this team out. 
sure enough, that's not what happened at all. Sure. Uh, what what took place uh, in, in the, the game? Man, so, I mean, we came out and, and started off really hot, and then all of a sudden we could not guard a soul and uh, ended up being a back-and-forth game. And uh, I guess I'll leave it to you to say what happened towards the end there. Yeah, so we heard from the previous episode, Kyle hit the hit the game winner, and that's something he's, he's done in the past. Um, but again, it was a different sort of, of heart check for our team. Uh, again, riding this this win streak, coming out hot, and then just having to have these this gritty kind of comeback. Coach Clark, over your time here, you've probably been a part of more game winners, last-second shots, come-from-behind victories. Uh it's so easy to attribute that to, to any number of things, but just from your perspective, um, where's that come from or, or what allows us to be able to do that? Well, it's, it's really interesting how that ties in with this game because, you know, so often when we believe we sense God is moving a certain direction, we think we can guess what he's going to do. So we get this insight from Psalm 51. We make the key to the game heart check. And I'm thinking, okay, the key to the game, we have a heart check in the locker room. Now we can go play in freedom and destroy this team. But instead... We get a heart check in the game where we're down late, we're on the road, things aren't going our way, we're in foul trouble. Uh, there's all these things going on, and we have to find a way to win the game at the last second. And looking back over time since Coach Tonegal's been here, uh, I would love to see what our record in close games is. And, and I think sometimes people attribute that to luck, but I think it's because of something deeper on the team. You, you go into huddles at times, and because our guys have so much trust in each other and in, in what Coach Tonegal's saying – there's times when we're down, but we know we're going to win the game because of that feeling. And, and a lot of that flows from I am third. Our guys are truly living I am third. So in that moment, they're not focused on themselves. They're focused on something different. And there's a deeper trust and faith in that moment. And I think that's led to some of the big shots and moments we've seen in those close victories over time. And when we come back, you'll hear from Michael Thompson and Luke Stevens about how this heart check had an impact on their own personal growth. This podcast was created to take you behind the scenes of building an I Am Third culture in a basketball program. But IW Hoops believes this philosophy can translate to any context. As we enter this one-minute halftime, we want to let you hear from our sponsor, Insurance Management Group, who is building a culture of I Am Third in the insurance industry right here in Indiana. Here's IMG President Trent Daly. Pursuing the I Am Third lifestyle has helped me grow as a leader in all aspects of life. Putting God first, my colleagues and customers second, and myself third has impacted IMG in ways I couldn't have imagined. At IMG, we have a passion for people and helping them achieve their goals. We are not just an insurance agency. We are a culture and an experience. You should expect more from your insurance agent. Visit us now at www.ins mgt.com now back to the second half i'm joined now by michael thompson and luke stevens and um we're going to the the time in the locker room that we just discussed with coach tongue in the first half but i want to start michael by going back to your recruiting visit you were uh you were making some different visits uh as you transferred uh you came on indiana west and you probably got a little bit of a different recruiting pitch than you got in other places can you go back to that moment uh yeah that was a very very humbling experience to say the least um i remember when you first called me um i really wasn't sure about ever going back to a private school ever again and i wasn't sure what i wanted exactly but private schools was definitely at the bottom of my list and uh, i knew how prestigious i was so i told you on the phone 
that I wasn't sure I was right for the culture and that I didn't want to ruin or worsen or lessen I will in any way. And you just told me, you know, like, just come up here, have a visit. We'd love to host you. Um, and uh, just honestly, just be willing to be bought, bought in to what our program is. Uh, so I took my visit. It was a great visit. I enjoyed it. And one of the things that you told me was that uh, you didn't promise me that I was going to get minutes. You didn't promise me that I'd be a starter. You didn't promise me that I'd be an All-American. You looked me dead in my eyes and you said, uh, a lot of transfers tell the guys the same thing. And it's that uh, I'm not going to promise you anything. Uh, you might play, you might not. But we expect you to come in here and give 110% and be completely bought into our program. And with that came along uh, religion and uh, you basically told me, you know, you don't have to be a Christian. Uh, when you leave, you don't have to be a Christian either, but we want you to be bought in and be willing to grow uh, with us. And that was something that I could buy into easily. And as far as the rest goes, I love the idea of not being promised anything, but being only given what you deserve. So I was ready to commit on the spot. Uh, about a week or two later, you extended an offer, and I accepted it. And, uh Yeah. And it, one of the things I love about the story is, you know, when we talked, I, I loved your humility. I loved your self-awareness. You were so on, honest and authentic, but there was some potential blind spots. So on the visit, uh, I was just like, okay, we're going to tell him every reason he will hate this school. Um, you know, and basically said, hey, you can go somewhere and get more shots. You, we talked about the box versus the line. We talked about I am third. So it wasn't we were downplaying the I am third side. We were just saying, you better, you better, you don't have to prove anything, but you better be, understand this is going to be a big part of, of the season and the, the process. And after we told you every reason you would hate it, it went against every recruiting rule you decided to come, which I think says a lot about you. So now let's fast forward in 30 seconds. Take us through the first couple months as you come to Indiana Wesleyan. What are you seeing and hearing knowing uh, you were coming in at that spot? Um, yeah, so I knew that there was going to be a lot of great competition. I knew that there was going to be a lot of uh, – ups and downs throughout the season, and uh, I wasn't really sure what to expect, but it was great getting to see guys grow um, on the court, getting to grow with the coaches, but more so just getting to see guys grow in their academics and then uh, religiously, spiritually. Um, that's not something that I'd really experienced a lot. Um, I, for myself, hadn't grown spiritually in years. It was at a point to where I could say that I didn't believe in God. Um, I didn't know what I believed in, but certain it wasn't God. Um, and so... I stayed committed to the team and my promise to the team by just continuing to uh, be willing to grow, to hear the coaches out when uh, we went through our scripture and to just participate and be involved with team activities. And through that, I, uh, <laughs> I kind of stumbled upon uh, my religion again and ended up falling in love with God again by, I think, just about the end of the year. Yeah, so let's move forward to this game because to your credit, you weren't playing a lot. But you stayed bought in, and you you were actually growing as a player and as a teammate, and you were having open conversations about everything, whether it be race or religion or faith or school or family. Like, you would talk about anything, and it, it was so fun to see you grow. Um, but we go to this moment, we're playing the Grace game. We talked about it in the first half, but um, we're on this crazy win streak, but we just get this sense as coaches, we, we have to do something different here. We have to check our hearts and have this prayer time um, we, it was out of um, this scripture, Psalm 51, when David messes up. And we have this prayer time where we really just allow you guys in your own private prayer life to expose 
uh, some of the unchecked areas of your heart. So, Luke, why don't you go inside that time and what you were experiencing? Yeah, so at that point in the season, you know, things were just going really good uh, for our team. Things were flowing good. You know, we are just beating teams by – like, games weren't even close at this point. So, you know, we're feeling great about ourselves as a team. But I feel like something a lot of people don't realize is that, like, athletes – you know, they have personal problems, too. And a lot of times people look at athletes as, like, machines and just that they're supposed to go out and perform. And, you know, I've talked to a lot of my friends that play at different schools, and their coaches just kind of look at them as, like, a statistic or uh, if you're doing good, they have a great relationship with you. And if you're not doing good, then they could care less about you. But, you know, I think something that separates us from a lot of other schools is that, like, you coaches really um, uh, carve out time to, like uh, – uh, talk to us personally and just see like what's going on in our personal lives and I just remember you know just setting up prayer stations and uh, reading through a psalm and you guys just you know just asking us like what's on our heart whether it's on the court or off the court and you know we just went to each station um, just had some really good heart-to-hearts and you guys prayed over us and you know I just remember leaving that time and we right after that and just like going out there and just feeling just refreshed like emotionally and spiritually and I feel like it just left like a burden off of all of our shoulders, which helped us out a lot going into that greatest game. If you remember how that one ended with Kyle's buzzer beater. So, yeah. <laughs> well, so before, before we get to the game, Michael, why don't you go inside that? Cause obviously you're coming in and, and you're still, you're talking about faith and you're growing in that direction. But at this point you haven't said, man, I, this is a part of who I am. Um, so go inside those few moments in the locker room as we pray. And as we're really exploring scripture and prayer. Yeah. So, uh, I was extremely, extremely, extremely in reading the Bible a lot uh, at that time period. I was actually taking two religion classes, uh, you know, I was at a uh, spiritual school and then doing stuff as well with the team. So I just felt like uh, I felt like I was reading a lot of the same stuff. I felt like I was hearing the same message repetitively. And the big question I've been asking for so long is uh, just what does it take to believe in God? What does it take? What does it take? How do you do it? And then it felt like when we were going through scripture uh, that day, like it just kind of clicked. Like I had gotten the same answer and maybe it had been hinted to me in another class. Maybe we had talked about it in a discussion board before, but it felt like everything just clicked all together at one time. And I honestly remember crying uh, that day just because I was like, man, like it took me four and a half years or a little longer than that to just finally come to terms uh with just myself and just be content in what my beliefs are. And so it was just a very powerful moment for me. Yeah, Mike, I remember uh, when you told Coach Welty, you know, that's the first time I believed in God. Um, And then just the following conversation we had and just some of the ways you were growing and some of the uh, directions that God was leading you. What did that do for the rest of your season to, to have that awareness? And now you were continuing to move in the eye of their direction. Honestly, it just made it easier to to just be free. And one of the things that we had talked about dating all the way back to uh, our June last year was uh, I don't care what others think of me, but I also don't think about what I think of myself. I only care about what God thinks of me. And I tried to give up not caring about the way I perform and uh, how well I do, but um, it just made it that much easier when – I knew that the only person who truly cared about or whose opinion mattered to me was God's and to give up, uh, not caring about what you think of yourself is pretty hard to do, but knowing that 
God's opinion of you is the only one that truly matters is actually really easy for me at least. So it was just nice just because I could just be free, uh, my academics, athletically, and the relationships that I build with others, just and being myself in general. So it just made life that much easier. What What was so fun now to look back at the end of the season and see how not playing as much as you wanted didn't limit your growth. You actually were playing your best as the season came to the end. And, and we were honestly expecting at the national tournament, you were probably going to explode in a way no one was expecting. I'm upset we didn't get to see that. But also having the two best semesters of your life academically to, to see the actual tangible evidence of the growth despite not getting everything you wanted is, is pretty remarkable. But let's fast forward to the game because obviously part of what we're doing is try to prepare for a game. And, and we, we go into this game against Grace – um, a huge conference game, and we've been on this streak. Uh, go inside the locker room before the game, all the way through the game. What what you guys remember about that night, Luke? What do you, what, what do you remember? Well, I remember like when we we're going through like a dynamic warm up. You like went up to five specific players, and you basically said that like we're going to help deliver the pregame speech. So basically, like we were all responsible for hyping up one of the starters. So I think like I had Tanner. And, you know, I was just gassing him up, and the whole locker room was getting lit. Like, we were – I was just telling him how, like, nobody can guard him out there and, like, he makes offense go. And, you know, people – it went down the line as we, you know, we talked about Kyle and we talked about Seth and Kanan and, you know, everyone, Noah. So, um, that just, I just remember, like, us just, like, being maybe the most focused we have been before a game all season long. And then going into the game, you know, we were – we started out super high. I think we got a few big lead to start, and then – you know, Grace had a really good team this year, and they fought back, and it was just back. And then, um, you know, Kyle being Kyle really helped us out in the game and, you know, hit a, hit a really clutch shot, just helped us uh, come out the dub in a really tough environment. And, and Michael, I want to I wanna touch on both parts of the locker room here because there's something about being on a team that's united. So go before the game when the team is just focused and on point together. Go after the game and we're celebrating. What was it like for you this year to – even though you probably didn't have the role you desired or even the role you might have had if you had transferred to another school, to be in a locker room where people were moving in the same direction, what were those special moments behind the scenes like for you? Well, it was magical to just enjoy each other's presence. Um, winning that game was just so much fun. It wasn't anything how we thought it was going to look, but it was great getting to see, to, to be on the court or on the bench. and to have no feeling of we're going to lose this game, but to just sit there and just know, I don't know how we're going to win, but we're going to win this game. Uh, the celebration was just awesome in the locker room. Uh, and honestly, it was just one of the, it's one of those magical moments that you're, you're not really ever going to forget. And it's hard to replicate. Last thing, Luke, um, that game finished with Kyle Mangus having the ball in his hands, um, hitting a three. He's a he's a brother of yours. You go against him every day, and you never back down from it in practice. But you felt the other side of that. What's going through your mind when you're on the bench and you see Kyle have the ball? I mean, I was 100 percent confident. Like I've been at Ibu for two years now, and I think I've been a part of six buzzer beaters, which is crazy to think about. And you know, and you know, Kyle's just like he's just a one of a kind talent. And you know, when a dude like that gets the ball in his hands at the end of the game, like we all see the work he puts in, and you know, we all see like what he does day in, day out that people don't, that other people don't see in practice. Just when I see him coming down with the ball, uh, coming down the floor, you know, I just felt 100% confident whether he's going to take the shot or make a play for someone else. Like, you know, there's nobody else. You know, like, I feel like he just strikes a fear into the other team and <laughs> to everybody in the crowd, basically. Like, I have friends that go to college and they were telling me that they knew it was over, too. 
when he got the ball. And just like as a brother, it's just really nice to see someone that puts in that kind of work. And especially in his hometown, to come up clutch like that, that would be tough. Next time on The Pursuit, you'll hear about the growing discontentment that happens throughout the course of any season. In the first half, Coach Tonegal will share about some of the dissatisfaction among the team and how getting back to the basics of I am third helps spark unity. And in the second half, you'll hear from seniors Cannon Coffey and Tanner Rubio about some of the tensions and struggles they wrestled with as they chose to fully embrace their role. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Pursuit. If you were challenged to grow from this podcast, please rate or review us on your podcast platform or share with those you know as it helps multiply the impact. If you have a question you would like to ask IWU Hoops on a future episode, hashtag AskIWUHoops or email jeff.clark at indwes.edu. You can follow us on Twitter Instagram, or Facebook at Hoops. Join us next time right here on The Pursuit. And remember, if you want to be first, first find a way to be third.